that's coming up in Britain on the 6th of May. We're just going to have a bit of a chat about the speculation, of the rumours that are circling around it, the things that we know are going to happen or not going to happen at the coronation because the Royal Press Office has been at work and has been issuing information for a few weeks now about things. And we'll touch on a few historical things about what happens at coronations because, let's face it, no one under the age of 70 has seen a coronation happen. So we will get into it. Yes. So it's still not confirmed whether it's going to be a public holiday. Here? On, yeah, in Australia. Yeah, I haven't heard. I'm thinking not. So, yeah, well, because it's a Saturday, but then, and obviously it's sort of night time, but then, you know, that shouldn't make any difference. I, look, I don't know. But I the, think it- the UK is having the Monday... So it's a, you know, it's a long weekend and there'll be street parties and blah, blah, blah. But I'm just, yeah, I'm just wondering as a Commonwealth whether we would have a public holiday. I'm thinking not because Mm -hmm. it will just fuel the fire for the Republican movement. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And all we'll talk about is blah, blah, you know. Oh, look at how much the economy's losing and all that stuff. you know, yeah. So, yeah. I wasn't Um, aware that Adam Spencer was a a full-on Republican. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, look, most people are. Arguing with them. Yeah. Yeah. Most people are. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, lo- well, I just love the spectacle and I love the tourism factor and I yeah, love I like the spectacle. I like to sit on the fence. What do you think about the plans for King Charles III coronation? Mm. So I'm going to watch the, I think, whatever episode it is, season two, I think, of The Crown when they start talking about, you know, the Queen's coronation and all the rules and things yeah. that you have to do and everything. And so I'll be all over it by the time we actually watch it. And I'm like, oh, now they're doing the anointment and now they're doing this and well, I know exactly what's going on. Well, funny you should say that, Captain, because I thought, well, if we're going to talk about the coronation, we need to know what happens. So... If either of you had bothered to read the notes, which, dear listener, I put hours into these things and they never do. I had a bit of a research and a bit of a read and I've got the generic what happens and I've got what happened in 1953 being the most recent coronation. What happens is they follow the instructions contained in a book called the Liber Regalis, which is basically an instruction manual on how to run a coronation. And it was produced around 1390 and it was created for the coronation of Richard II and Anne of Bohemia. So they have been following pretty much the same recipe for, what, 700, nearly 800 years in a coronation. Mm. Who organises it? Organises it? Is it the Earl of 
the Earl Marshal or something. The Earl Marshal organises it, and that is the Duke of Norfolk, who is Duke. the highest-ranking non-royal duke in the UK. Mm. And they've got a truckload of tiaras that are fantastic. Yes, yeah, so the Duke of Norfolk, who is still the Earl Marshal, and the current one is Edward Fitzalan Howard, hyphenated. Double and, barrel. Yeah, and Howard as in Catherine Howard, as in wife number five of Henry VIII, I think. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's those Howards. So he organises it, but they've got a committee, and honestly this coronation has been planned for donkey's years because they didn't know when the Queen was going to go. Mm. All they knew but was it, she was going to go at some stage. The Duke of Norwich, Norwich also Norfolk organises. Norfolk, is it? Sorry, yeah. Norwich. Norfolk. Didn't he organise the funeral as well? I'm not sure, Captain, possibly. Mm. It might I think be, that's what they do, isn't it? I think it might be one of the traditional roles, mm. yeah. Mm. Yeah, but he definitely does coronations. Yeah, but there's a committee and it's all decided and King Charles, he's been on the committee for donkey's ears as well and he's pretty much said what he wants and how he wants it and they've got to make it happen. Um, so what time does the DJ start? <laughs> well, isn't the concert, what, on the, the day after the coronation? Oh, is there a concert, is there? That's yeah, there's a concert. And, yeah, right. um, oh, yeah, there'd definitely be a concert. Yeah, and I want, an, I want Brian May to be up on the roof of Buckingham Palace playing God Save the Queen again. I want him to have that role and to do that whenever they wheel out any kind of concert until Brian May drops because I love it. <laughs> yeah, oh, Sir Amazing. Brian May, he's a sir now. Yeah, so anyway, the Liber Regalis tells them what to do and there are some basic things that will appear even in Charles's slimmed-down, not-so-fancy coronation. One is called the King's Procession where he and Queen Camilla will travel in the gold state coach from Buckingham Palace to, to Westminster Abbey. Then there's the recognition, where the Archbishop of Canterbury presents the monarch to the congregation. There's the oath, where the monarch swears the oath to defend the faith and the law. There's the anointing, where the king sits in the coronation chair, his head, chest and hands are anointed with holy oil. There's the investiture where he is given the object symbolic of his power. So that's the orb and the scepter and he will have St Edward's crown placed on his head. There's the homage where he moves to the throne from the coronation chair and the peers of the realm will kneel and pay homage to him. I'm not sure that's going to happen. There's the coronation procession where the king, queen, royals and some guests go back to Buckingham Palace and then they're going to do a balcony appearance and they have a lunch and blah, blah, blah. So that's the basic outline of all coronations. With the object symbolic of his power, there's also bracelets. They're like cuffs and they made new ones for Elizabeth II because I suppose she was small and the old ones they had velvet padding on the inside so they're not they don't bruise and break her skin there's also spurs there's a few different scepters the queen will queen consort camilla will get a scepter as well but it's not as fancy as what the king gets but you can go and look this stuff up there's spurs and all sorts of things and all of the regalia had to be remade after the interregnum because oliver cromwell had as many things to do with the monarchy destroyed and he had all the 
crown jewels melted uh, melted down, dismantled and melted down. He sold off the jewels in it because the jewels were often taken out of old crowns, put into new crowns. They still are. You know, you don't go and buy new rocks. You just transfer them across to a new crown and put fakes in the old ones if you want them to stay sparkly. So they had new ones made, but during the interregnum in the 1660s, 50s when this happened one oh, some guy he saved the coronation spoon which they pour the oil into so the spoon which they will use will date from like the 12 or 1300s and it's the oldest piece of the crown jewels left and the coronation That's incredible okay. yeah this one Amazing. spoon i suppose because it wasn't big and they could you know squirrel it away in a in a trunk or a box or something and keep mm. it away from cromwell's men yeah, so, amazing. Yeah, so what we're going to see on the 6th of May at King Charles's coronation is going to be along that line. It's just going to be how fancy it will be. To my great sadness, the dress code is parliamentary robes and business suits. So that means... Yeah, okay, no, so no No, no tiaras. No tiaras, what? <laughs> no tiaras, can't... Yeah, really. I How can like they have it. no tiaras at a royal event? Because know, it's got to like be it, it... white tie and orders to get tiaras out of their boxes. Yeah, wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Interesting because you think it would be, you know, all guns blazing sort of thing. and That's what I would have thought, yeah. Yeah, oh. I would have thought even if he wants a scaled back coronation, you can still do it yet have all the bling. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, people have been waiting 70 years for a coronation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thought, See, I didn't big. hear that. Did he actually say he wanted a scale down coronation? Oh yeah, yeah. And he's been saying that for oh, years. Yeah. yeah. And is that just and to take the pressure off the the public purse, or is it all of the above? Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure that it is. Yeah. Um, but it, it's still held at the Abbey, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's still yeah, at it had like it has to be there. Yeah, yeah. William the Conqueror got crowned at Westminster Abbey. Because Edward the Confessor, who was crowned at Winchester Cathedral, but William the Conqueror, he wanted to look more legitimate since he was a conqueror. So he was crowned at Westminster because Edward the Confessor had Westminster Abbey built and Parliament was nearby. So it's close to the seat of Parliament, close. It sort of gives him more bona fides. So since then, so King Charles is going to be the 40th monarch to be crowned there. Yeah, really. It's. I mean, it's crazy, isn't it? Because all of those previous kings and queens just are like in the movies, but they actually existed. You know? And they really went through the same kind of stuff that Charles is yeah, going through. Yeah, it's madness. Yeah, and that's why they've got to keep this stuff going because they mm. are the only country in the world to still be doing this kind of thing. Mm. And it's mm. just marvellous. Mm. It's just it is, mar- it is without all the, you know, weather... You like a monarchy or what you know, whatever. Just that alone, it is pretty amazing. Exactly. Few societies can do a ceremony the way the Brits can do a ceremony. Mm. And it doesn't matter whether it's a wedding, a funeral, or I sincerely hope a coronation, they are all spectacular and brilliant. And they hit the right marks every time. So I'm sincerely hoping that even though it's going to be pared back a bit, it's still going to have the essence, the gravitas that British royal events have. Mm. And I think I'll be quietly heartbroken if they don't. 
Yeah. Oh, look, I think I think they will. I think secretly the the British love it as well, and so you know it will be like you know, all the street parties with all the bunting and everything. I know that I will be making coronation chicken sandwiches. Oh, fantastic. You're not I going to do the... who's on the guest list for the, um, for the concert. Are you going to do the coronation quiche? Coronation quiche? Haven't you heard about never, the coronation quiche? I've never heard of such a thing. Right. Well, coronation chicken was the coronation dish that was devised for Queen Elizabeth's coronation so people Mm. could make it and go and eat it at their street parties and at picnics and all the rest of it, and it's a form of chicken curry. Charles has come up with a similar coronation dish, coronation quiche. The recipe came out this week with the same same idea that, you know, you can have it hot, you can have it cold, you can take it on a picnic. Mm. Well, I had a look at the recipe and... Everybody in Britain is going, what the? Because they've got an egg shortage because they've had a massive bird flu outbreak and they've had millions and millions of chicks. Well, look, you can't, you you wouldn't have known that. Chronic egg shortage and they've got an egg dish as the coronation dish. But they've also tried (laughs) to not offend anybody in the realms. So it's kosher, it's halal. It's not vegan, but it hasn't got meat in it. Just look it up. Look up Coronation Quiche. It's got broad beans and it's got tarragon, I think it is, and something else. And I read it and it was like, oh, because as you know, Eddie, I love a good quiche, but this is, ugh. It's, uh, it doesn't look great. Yeah. What, what's in it again, Captain? I don't think there's anyone uh, out there that doesn't love a quiche, do they? Oh, lots of people don't. Does everyone what's, like a quiche? Not everyone. Maybe our listener uh, could write in and tell us if they like uh, quiche. Well, yeah. So it's got milk, double cream, eggs, fresh tarragon, cheddar cheese, spinach, and broad beans. It's quite strange. Oh, it's like yawn. Yeah, it's um. Yeah. Mind you, I do like a quiche um, with spinach in it, but yawn. There's no yeah. onion. There's no bacon. Yeah, which you know takes care of kosher and halal, but. I find it bizarre. Yeah, but it is, it is quite strange. It is inoffensive, apart from people yeah. who are lactose intolerant and can't eat eggs. <laughs> yeah. But exactly. you can't please everybody. <laughs> no. <laughs> anyway, it all remains to be seen, I suppose. But the bit I'm heartbroken about, you know, you look back at the photos of George VI's coronation which they had that on you know like newsreel films and the queen's coronations and it is just a sparkle fest and now we're not going to see tiaras we're not Mm. going to see the nobles in their coronets yeah yeah and their coronation robes but i wonder whether that was one of the requests of charles as well and just because of all the extra security and all the bits and pieces and then the kerfuffle that it has, you know, getting all these people into the country and, you know, I'm sure it's an extended knock-on effect of just being a nightmare. You know, I had not thought yeah, about it possible. from a purely security point of view. Mm, mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, because from the security point of view, the coronation is just an absolute nightmare. But I hadn't thought about it from the riches point of view in terms of what people will be wearing and how much they're going to have on their heads Mm. in terms Mm. of monetary value. Yeah. 
And I think also, like, things are pretty grim in the UK at the moment, sort of as they are here, you know, cost of living and, yeah. and you know, I think just to keep it a bit more real, just you don't want to be, you know, rubbing people's noses in it but going, ooh, look at my tiara, rah, rah, rah. But you know. to be fair, the coronation robes and regalia of the nobles is handed down from generation to generation. It's not mm. anything new they would be wearing. No. All this stuff exists. It's just sitting in bank vaults and safe places in houses. And the same with their robes. They're packed away very carefully and pulled out and used again and again and again. So it's not like they're spending money to turn up and look that grand. Mm. And I, I just think it would be lovely for it all to see the light of day again. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, I love all that stuff. When the Queen was, when her coronation was coming up, there were two Duchesses of Devonshire because the old Duke had died, so we had a Dowager Duchess and the Young Duchess. The Young Duchess was Deborah Mitford, who had married the Duke of Devonshire. And she's one of the Mit- Mitford sisters. Do you know about them? No, don't think so. Oh, that's an episode. The Mitfords, they are fascinating. They were society family. They had six daughters and each daughter's got a fascinating story in her own right. And yeah, wow. De- Deborah is the youngest and she married the future D- Duke of Devonshire. Coming up to yeah, the okay. Queen's coronation, there were two Duchesses of Devonshire and it's like, oh, crikey, we've only got one set of coronation robes. What are we going to do? So Duchess of Devonshire, Deborah, who was affectionately known by her friends as Debo, was up in the attic one day and thought, what's in that chest? Opened it up and there were a set of coronation robes for a duchess. But what? they another set of wow. coronation robes. But they were from like 1820 or 1830. Oh, my God. So they were a completely different style to what had been worn at the other coronations in the 20th century because there had been, up until then, three in the 20th century. So she asked the Queen's permission to wear these old ones and got permission. And so she turned up wearing the most exquisite coronation robes anyone has ever worn. And apparently the material the Duchess wrote in, you know, her diary or whatever's about them, and she said it was the most beautiful fabric and they were really well made. She had to get a few adjustments made just to fit her, but they are absolutely exquisite compared to what everybody else wore. And she rolled in wearing these gorgeous, gorgeous robes that were already 150-odd years old at the Queen's and coronation. And so did they, did they wow. figure out who they belonged to and what coronation they were from? They think Queen Victoria's coronation. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so when it came around to yes. Edward VII's coronation, there was a flurry of activity where nobles, especially the female ones, ran out and got new coronation robes because it had been 60 years since the previous mm. coronation. Mm. When mm. Queen Victoria got crowned. So a lot of the stuff was old and out of date and out of style. Mm. So then the ones that got made for Edward the Seventh got used for George V and George the Sixth and then the Queen. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I was gonna say, is she is she still alive? No, she died. Of uh, course yeah. she was born in nineteen twenty. If you go onto Google, dear listener, and Google uh, Maybe Deborah, you could uh, explain that for the listener there, um, Princess. Right. What okay. You're looking at I am looking at Actually, I will do better. Just give me a moment. I will find her description of the dress. I had to ask, didn't I? You did. (laughs) Duchess Deborah said, with velvet of exceptional quality, so soft your fingers hardly know they are touching it. 
and the bodice was cut off the shoulder, a style unlike other peeresses' gowns. However, the Queen granted the 11th a dispensation allowing her to wear the robe for the coronation. That's how I like my velvet. It's... In our next episode, we will conclude our discussion. And it's got a full skirt with a short upcoming. And it's got, it had an underdress like a kirtle almost. It's beautiful, the dress, where a lot of the coronation robes for the rest of the peeresses at the Queen's coronation in 1953, they were almost like, they were gowns, but they were a robe, a dressing gown, which they hadn't mm. done up. The coronation of King Charles. Beautiful. Most Sit back, have a cup of tea. Have some coronation cake. So you, I suppose they got back and took the coronation robes off immediately because you don't mm. want to spill your coronation chicken on them. And, <laughs> um, yeah, except for Debo, who's in this beautiful, beautiful gown. Yeah, amazing. It's pretty impressive, actually. It is. So the coronation, it's it's interesting to ponder what it's going to be like. It's a Christian ceremony, so we're going to get lots of Christian stuff. It's a, it's, it's a religious ceremony because he's promising to be the defender of the faith. He's promising to be, mm. and that goes back to the divine right of kings' beliefs that Charles I died for, and other kings believed that they were like God's messenger and what they were doing God's work as much as any priest was. So which two monarchs in the last thousand years have had no coronation? Uh, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, clearly. No idea. Well, one was Edward VIII <laughs> who went off and married oh, Wallace yeah, Simpson. Eddie. Yeah, Eddie, yeah, of course. he went and married the well, woman he loved. Well, I suppose, yes, that's right. I should have. And that's. First season of The Crown. Oh, was it? I, I haven't watched The Crown. What the fuck? Oh, really? I know. I have not watched The Crown. Are you kidding me? Are you kid- I have, I, we have to leave meeting right now. Yeah. I yeah. can't believe you. I have not watched The haven't Crown. haven't watched Matt it. Matt Smith what, as Why? Prince Please Philip. tell me why. Uh, because we don't have what's it on Netflix. I will pay for you to have one month subscription so you can watch The Crown. I, I, oh, my I, God. I will get myself a subscription and watch watch it. I've seen it, like, I, I think I've seen it, like, five times. Oh, my goodness. Wow. It is, it is the most extraordinary is thing good. you will ever see. Well, oh, my God. It's pretty good. Each episode costs, like, 13 million pounds. Oh, my goodness. I must watch it. It's, I just haven't got there. Oh. It's like they're all draped in velvet. I can't believe that. Real velvet, not the but fake that's, stuff. That's, yeah, I, mm. I, I'm genuinely shocked. I thought out of anybody, been... you would be the first yeah. to watch it. Um, right I, I would have liked to have watched it. We just don't have Netflix and, you know. Anyway, who's the other monarch who didn't get crowned? Mm. But um, a monarch Prince nonetheless. Harry. We're not mentioning that name in this podcast. Don't same, know. I have no same, idea. Same name as, as Edward VIII, almost. Edward the Ninth. Edward the Fifth. Mm. who was one of the princes in the tower mm. and allegedly killed by Richard III mm. during the Wars of the Roses. He was imprisoned in the tower by Richard III and then he and his brother, his name was Richard, Duke of York, uh, disappeared, mm. presumed murdered either by Richard III or at his order. Yeah, wow. To wipe out that side of the fight in the mm. War of the Roses. It's got to be a true crime podcast on that. Well, there's there's actually a TV series about what would have happened if they survived, and that's called Blackadder Series 1. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah, that's it's right. all coming back. Yeah, and in the Blackadder was theoretically Edward V's son, and the mm. character played by Brian Blessed was Edward V. 
And of course, they yes. used to talk about dear Uncle Richard, who was yes. Uncle Richard III. So they just wrote in a few years with Edward V on the throne. Who's going to be at the coronation? Mm, interesting. interesting. Don't know. Well, traditionally, monarchs do not go to other monarchs' coronations. Oh, really? However, this time it's different and they've been invited. And Albert of Monaco was the first one to go put his hand up and go, I'm going, I'm going to be there, Mm. which has got people speculating. And I only read it this morning. In 1937, Queen Maud of Norway, who was Edward VII's daughter, went to George VI's coronation as his auntie rather than as Queen Maud of Norway, so she didn't break that convention. So Norway will be in because they're quite close relationships. Denmark will be in. They're quite close relations. It's just who turns up. Denmark, we won't have Queen um, Margrethe because she's still recovering from her back surgery. So I reckon Mm. Crown Prince Fred and Mary will turn up. Greece, they're close relations through Prince Philip, so they'll be there. And you probably get Crown Prince Pavlos and Crown Princess Marie Chantal and Queen Anne-Marie. Spain, again, they're pretty close relationships, so someone will turn up. And then Mm. we've got other monarchies with Sweden, Netherlands, Belgium, Luxembourg, Liechtenstein, Jordan, Morocco, Japan. Where else are their monarchies? Malaysia, Tonga. Where else are their monarchies? Ethiopia, I think. Don't know. Don't know. There's a few around. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Camilla's family are going to be there with bells on, you know, so... You know, the great-granddaughter, great-great or great-granddaughter of Alice Keppel is going to get crowned. It's pretty good. Mm. Now, um, is Andrew going to be there? Of course he will. His brother's getting crowned. Oh, I would think not. No, he'll be there. He's the brother of the monarch. They'll roll him out. Uh, They'll roll him out, but he'll be in the back row. Yeah. You think? Yep. I reckon they would have had a kiddie's child pen for tantrums for him and someone we're not mentioning. (laughs) He who shall not be named. Mm. Yeah, so they could, you know, suck on their thumbs and whinge together. No, Andrew will be there. Apparently Fergie's not invited, which no, I thought... Nobody no. wants her. Oh. Well... Is she a little out of favour, is she? I don't know. I thought she would have been there, but... No. She's technically she's not... Yeah, she's technically not a member of the family, so she got out. Mm. Yeah, she's not. Yeah, she's technically not a member of the family. So she's out. She'll be at home patting the corgis, watching it on TV, eating her coronation quiche. <laughs> the Queen's corgis were getting old or something and or died or something, and not long before she passed away, Andrew and his family gave her a couple of yeah. new dogs. Yeah. And they've gone to live with Fergie because Fergie mm. and the Queen were good mates apparently. Yeah. Despite the yeah. toe-sucking. Is that right? Yes. Mm. Yeah. That brings us to the end of part one of our discussion about the upcoming coronation in Britain. In our next episode, we will conclude our discussion about King Charles III's coronation. Until then, dear listener, take care. Bye-bye.